Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast, The EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. Hosts Dr. Joe Salustio, Elizabeth Liba, and producer Elvin Freites bring you the brightest and most influential minds in higher education today. We explore innovations, ideas, and issues in higher education and beyond, and hopefully have a little fun along the way. Now let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. This is the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business, interviewing the brightest and most influential minds in higher education and beyond. And always, I say, hope to have a little fun along the way. And boy, do we have something fun for you today, ladies and gents. You know, um, Liz and I, we record a lot in our spare time. Let me just make that perfectly clear, which we don't really have much of, but we do (laughs) record in our spare time. However, every now and then, one of us has some other responsibilities, and Liz, in this case, has been unable to join us today, which I think is a first. I've missed some episodes, but I think Liz is always there. This is the first time that she hasn't been able to make it, I think. But we happen to have a special guest host for you. She's amazing. She's beautiful. She's outstanding, and she knows her stuff, and she is Danielle Shelton. Danielle, how are you doing today? I'm good. I feel like I should say pew, 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 pew. You should say that. And I mean, we keep it 100 here at the Up Experience, as you know. And Danielle, um, a little known fact about you, you've actually done more episodes for the Up Experience than any other guest we've had. You've done uh, tips and tricks episodes. You've done uh, the main episode series that have embedded. You've done a bunch for us. So we're so uh, lucky to have you here as a guest host for Liz. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I was like super shocked when Liz asked me. I was like, sure, of course. I love you guys. Well, we appreciate that. We love you more. And, uh, you know, you said at the beginning, you said big shoes to fill, filling in for Liz. But, you know, I really carry this whole show. I I, I mean, you know, I (laughs) should... Now that she's not here to defend herself, I just like to say that I'm just tired. I mean, she's on my back. I got to carry her along as a host, but you know, she probably won't listen to this. So oh, you know, we'll keep no. that with you. Oh, I no, I cannot allow that to go on. All right, all I right. got your back, Liz. I got you. I'll edit that out, Liz. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, we, we've got an incredible guest for you guys today. His name is Glenn Patterson, <laughs> and he is co founder and head of strategy at workschool.co. Glenn, how are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you so much. And thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, no, it's uh, it's always an honor. And, you know, we we love to talk to innovators and you seem to be one. And, you know, we with a little bit of research that we do around here, uh, checking out workschool.ceo, you know, it's really interesting. And I thought a good place for us to start and for for our listeners to to uh, be introduced to workschool.co is for you to just tell us a little bit about what you guys do and uh, how the company came to be. Oh, great. Yeah. So a couple, as you, I'm not sure if you notice, know but um, I'm, I'm also a professor. So I teach at City College, um, basically part of the CUNY family and BMCC as well. And during my tenure teaching at City College, I came across a lot of students with this pain point of what they do after school, how they get a job, how they find the resources to learn new skills. And I, I started thinking about that problem and how to solve. So I, I would say things like, because I'm as an advisor, I would say things like, 
yeah, just go to go to Coursera if you need some certification. And the response has always been, well, uh, and I have to admit, just to preface that, Coursera is doing a better job in terms of how they, they actually streamline. I think they probably heard that complain how they streamline their platform. Um, but I, I, the students said, well, when I get there, I'm not sure where to go. There's no pathway. There's no journey. There's no um, basic dashboard for me to get from A to B. And I started saying, oh, interesting. Uh, so the more I dive deep into it, the more I start thinking about it. My co-founder was building a company at the same time. And, you know, we were talking, I was a mentor for, for him and his company. And we were talking and, you know, one day I said to him, hey, listen, if I have this problem, basically, how do you think we could go about solving this? And I, and I just, and at that time we didn't know what the name was. It wasn't anything, just call it, you know, AB. And we started thinking about that problem and started doing a little bit of research around what the problem is. Why is it that Coursera doesn't fill the gap or Udemy or any of those platforms and, Basically, what we what we what we found out was these platforms are great, but they're allowing the users to do their own work. And some of the students, particularly the ones I serve at City College, are not always have the tools to do it. Um, so we dive deeper into it, and we said, "Why don't we just do a user research?" So we laid out this very simple platform in the beginning. Um, you know, it was just this low fidelity MVP using a weak page. To just do some market research on what the users are thinking and what would be the best way to go. So we went through a several iteration of what the platform could look like, how we could get there. And the first thing we came up with, which was a very simple thing that we could do, low hanging fruit is, what if we just become, um, just, just find a way to become a Netflix of education? That was our thought process. What if we just start aggregating all the major platform on one in one place? And we started, like thinking about, okay, what, did that, what would that look like? How would we go about it? Who do we partner with? And the, the platform started taking shape. But the more we used the research, what we found out was that not only did people want us to just have the courses, they want us to direct them to where they could get a job. And we said, oh, that's interesting. What does that linear thing look like? How do I go from getting this my degree, getting the, the, the necessary certification I need, but how do I, what's the pathway for getting a job? So we said, okay, what if we just do the same thing on the platform, aggregate a few jobs and manually have students do. So in this MVP version, what we are is an aggregator for courses and have students manually go into the platform, looking at certain courses that they wanna take for certain skills and then using that skills to find a job on the platform. So in a way, if you if you kind of look at it, um, it, it it's kind of manifesting itself as something like LinkedIn in a way, but not with the social media um, piece of it. Uh, so in, in that process, we start thinking, okay, what does this thing look like two, three years and at scale? At scale, what we would basically have is an AI learning platform using machine learning so that this, the, the, the users don't actually have to do it manually. They go in, they give us a few information, and we will say, okay, here are four courses or five courses you can actually take or classes you can take to basically get a job at a company. And here is the pathway to a company. And what we want to do is to just have them, that they I will just match them with this company indirectly, and then their resume go to go, go to basically the, the, the firm. Um, in terms of certification, what we started thinking about is okay, 
how do these people get um, certification? There are so many students who came across that basically uh, said, okay, how do I get credit for these courses? And we started thinking about that. Yeah, that's true. How do they get credit for these courses? There are simple ways that we're doing right now. But we, what basically in our research, what we found was blockchain is the tool to actually create that certification. Blockchain is a very, very, very fundamental platform that we can just use across across massive amounts of platforms just to say, okay, we can give them certification. Firms like um, Google, Apple, Tesla are saying, we don't need students to have a, a degree, a four-year degree to get a job with us. So we're saying, oh, that's interesting. So, but we, we still need to give them some formal thing. So if we can actually have this certification platform, this blockchain, so that students can actually say, okay, I did ABC and here I have credit for it. And again, that ecosystem of bill out, we were thinking about that. Um, so that what we would look like at scale. So what we what we want to be, what we are today is just um, say Netflix 10 years ago, where they were just aggregating lots of different content on their platform from different users. What we want to be in the next two or three years is start building our own content. Five, 10 years out is this AI platform that basically integrate the whole thing and just start recommending to users what they should do, how they should come to the platform, what they should take and where do they get a job. And then on the other side is to have the, um, the enterprise and the, the employers basically on the platform as well, who are looking for certain particular skills and using our AI platform or machine learning to say, okay, I'm looking for these skills. Can you recommend people that fits this? So that's what we want, basically what we are in a, in a nutshell. That's, that's wow. really, yeah, it's interesting. Go ahead, Danielle, if you have questions. Yeah, I was going to ask. So when you have um, a platform like this that really takes students, it sounds like what you do is you take people that say, I have an interest in this and um, I don't know what to do with it, but I want a job in this. And then they come to you and they say, this is my interest. And you say, okay, here are some courses. Here's how you get certified. And here is how you can get a job in this particular field. Is that kind of what, what you do to kind of sum it all up? Like bring, you get the people, you get them from point A to point B without like a whole lot of the middleman. Exactly. That is what we want to basically do. Create that vertical integration between the, 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 the school or the learner and the job itself or a career path. So what's the, what's, what's the big draw then for, for your site right now? Is it this is it the skills aggregation of of you know I see your partners with Skillshare and edX and, and some others, or is it the job aggregation or both? Are, are you seeing it more on one end than the other? At the moment, um, basically, without a lot of data points, uh, we are basically seeing the, the learning side right now. We don't have a lot of job partners, so probably that could be the reason why it's skewed towards it. Uh, but we strongly believe that the, the, the job would be an integral part of it, given where we are in our economy, right? We have so many people who have lost their jobs. We've received because of um, COVID. So we strongly believe that over time, the job piece would probably out outweigh, but we have to collect more data to actually do this data analysis to get a better, a better understanding of what the data looks like. But we strongly believe that the, the, the job piece of it will actually be very important to people. So we're looking deeply in terms of billing out um, what the job looked like. So but right now, we're better at the partnership with the education side. Again, because my background is in, in, in education, uh, mm. basically, one of the things that we're thinking of building, which a lot of people are asking us for, is 
what if we want to learn something specifically? And we started thinking of what that looks like and masterclass came to our idea. So we decided to build our own version of a masterclass, which you call a course spec, where let's say um, there is a learner out there that are basically, they're, they're having a job, they're working, but they want to upskill, they want to reskill, or they just want to learn something totally new, but they don't want to learn it from a, a, an educator. They want to learn it from an industry expert, like a masterclass. What our course pack would actually do is, to, is we want to onboard um, where we say industry leaders that can build courses it, within the course pack. And one of our partners that we just get is Mind Valley, which Mind Valley is like masterclass for the rest of the world, uh, where we're going to have them build those classes or industry expert, anyone. You build two, three, four classes, and I can and somebody can go in and say, I want to take this, these four classes for emotional learning or something, mental health, and be certified in it, and I can go somewhere with this. Um, so we found that th those type of learning, non-traditional learning are becoming very, very important to people in today's society. So we are basically creating that in the course back. And again, use that as a trajectory for people to be upskill, reskill, change career midterm, because so many people are afraid to change their career midstream when they have been at a job 10, 15 years, but they want to do it. And even equally important, when they get laid off, how mm -hmm. do they get back in the workplace? So we're creating that. So we have the traditional learning, which we have edX right now as our traditional learn um, partner, um, basically. And we have Skillshare, which is teaching, teaching you the relevant skills and data camp and treehouse that are teaching young people to code. There's so many, I mean, it's, it's really sad. We talk about, there's so many people that I've met that, are, that haven't had a chance to even go to college, but they want to learn something. Are they in college and they drop out? We're saying, well, you can learn to code. Mm -hmm. What, you know, what if you can't um, afford this bootcamp? Okay, on our platform, you can get a very affordable through our partners, uh, uh, basically, which is um, Datacamp and, and Treehouse, just to learn the, the basic necessity of coding so they can onboard a job and find a job. So I think these are mm -hmm. important things. I, you know, I just mentioned our co-founder, um, our CTO, he does some formal education in terms of, he didn't go to school for computer science. He basically went to school for business, but he learned through bootcamp how to code, and now he's our CTO. So it it, it oh, lets wow. to say that if you can provide that this platform for people to learn these things, uh, it would be a great way for them to do. So that's what our platform is doing. So just to answer the question again. It, at the moment, we find that the learning section of it is basically what people are coming to because, and I think that's primarily because our job piece is not fully built out. Um, but we have to get some partners on the job side, which we're which we're actually working on. And the face of education is changing. Students don't really want to go to school for four years and five years and six years to get something that they can get in a few months or in less than two years. Because now everybody is really looking, especially post-COVID, we all are really looking at like the dollars and cents of it all. So when I go to school for four years to get this certificate, how much is it going to cost me versus going to work school and looking up a direct, um, kind of like a direct way, a pathway to get to where I want to go. And it might cost me like thousands of dollars less. So I really see this as a super, like, I really see this as something that could work for a lot of students, especially when you start to talk like brass tacks, when you really start to talk about the dollars and cents and how much it costs 
or like a traditional um, education. And then here you come with work school and it's like, oh, I don't have to pay <laughs> that much and I don't have to be in school that long and I can still get certified or I can still take courses in this area. I think this is, this is excellent. Like this is an awesome opportunity. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, and I'm happy you mentioned that because we also want to partner with schools. We, when you take the, 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 the landscape of schools and let's talk about um, City College and the CUNY system and the SUNY system and all these schools that reflect that, that, that those um, under-resourced students, most of them want to supplement. They, 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 so we want to partner with universities and say, we can create an online platform for you so that your students can get supplemental education uh, when, when they need it, when they leave it, we can create that pathway for them. So we want to make that education a little bit cheaper for people, basically. Um, I, I, it's funny, students tell me that City College is expensive. And I said, okay, <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 but to them it is. So everything is relative. We might think about it that it's impossible to be expensive at City College, but to them it's expensive. So, so we have to find a way to create that uh, that, that, that trajectory for, for them to say, okay, I can afford an education. I don't need to drop out. The biggest reason why a lot of students drop out of school is because um, two main reasons we've seen, money and time. It's, it's basic. So we want to solve those two, money and time. They're basically saying, I have to work two jobs. I really can't come to school. We're saying, oh, just stay at home and learn. Stay at home at your own time, finish it. Cost, we want to reduce the cost. So we also want to partner partner with schools to say, we can, we can, we can partner together and create a, create a pathway for your students to stay in school. They're your students, they're getting credit and we find a way to make it easier for you to use for a platform so these students can stay in school. So that's all we're thinking about the whole thing. On one hand, we can give you the individual education, but on the other hand, we can also partner with school to make it very easier. So school can actually engage their students better, retain their students better. That's what we're thinking of. Glenn, you know, you mentioned the, the fact that you're a professor too and that you're teaching. And I'm imagine, are you teaching uh, degree programs and four credit programs right now? I am, I am teaching those programs. And, and, and it, it's funny you said because before COVID-19 and I probably, well, I, I, I always thought it was weird that um, institutions that are teaching coding class couldn't reflect on the fact that students don't necessarily need all of the things they're asking them to learn how to code. I, I, I really get it that it's in some cases it's necessary. But if you go to a bootcamp, you don't need to have calculus to learn to code at a bootcamp. So why are schools forcing these students to have all these prerequisites to learn to code? So a lot of students struggle to these computer science classes because they can't pass calculus or you know, some, some variation of calculus. And we're saying why, why when you have these bootcamps, basically that. So I said, what if we just create school? And by the way, I see Columbia University doing that now, by the way, um, where you just create a, a bootcamp type classes for students that they can come in and take it and, 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 and have some, some certification in coding. So it, it, there's a little frustration in being a, a, a faculty, um, basically with these degree programs, because sometimes um, the, 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 the nature of it is so structured that it doesn't really reflect the current environment of learning, as you mentioned. 
Yeah, and that's what I was asking. That's what I think I find so fascinating is that you're teaching. You know, it's it, often we talk to people who are outside of education. By the way, I've got my leaf blower, uh, a guy with the with the leaf blower in the backyard. So if you hear a sound that sounds like a chainsaw, that's the work from home deal that we uh, are living in right now. That's but okay. uh, on a separate note, we talk to people who you know are, are invested in non credit degree, uh, non credit uh, platforms. Um, believe in uh, short course programming, uh, but you're teaching at the degree level. What prompts you to really invest your time and energy into a non-degree uh, platform? That's a very, very good question. And I, and I think I go back to, 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 to what I said earlier. It was the pain point for students. So what we found was students were two years out from graduating um, and two years, three years after graduating. That is the really, really, really pain point right there. So these students, they're thinking about, especially students who basically are going into these schools that I just referred to, who are not necessarily mainstream school, but they're there, they're providing education, very good education. Uh, they have a challenge deciding, how do I exit the workplace and get into the work? Lots of students are having a challenge. So, for example, one of the one of our one of our basic what we call our um, uh, user that we actually looked at was this young lady. She graduated from school, and her story basically when she graduated, she couldn't find a job. Years couldn't find a job. Eventually, she had to go back and do a boot camp for twelve months, coding boot camp for twelve months to actually get a job. E e it, it was startling to me that she finished a four-year degree and for her to get a job, she had to go into a boot camp for, for 12 months and finish that wow. to actually get a job. So I started saying, so, so I started saying, wow, why, 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 why is it that we can't make this a little bit easier? So my investment into this platform was to say, we need to figure out how we can, one, supplement higher education in the traditional education world, but two, create a platform for people who basically either can't finish college, who don't want to finish college, and three, the students who graduate from college but need to upskill, reskill, all different type of things. We're, we're onboarding so many new skills, and in, 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 uh, most people are saying, if you can't code, you're going to have a hard time finding a job in, in, in the next five, 10 years. Programming is going to be the number one skill. We don't, we don't necessarily need people to actually finish a degree type to be able to learn to program, we have to start thinking about it because so many bootcamp are doing that right now and they're doing it extremely well. So we need to, so, so work school was built out of the premise that we can actually create a platform for people, one, again, to get a very affordable education, um, basically or some version of education or some certificate um, tied in with their education and two, to afford people to upskill, reskill and find that career path, that learning pathway for them to the career, their job, or the job they want. So that was the that's a basic pain point we wanted to solve. We were thinking of these people and said, okay, how do we solve this problem? There's no way that this this student should actually spend 12 months after school just sitting in a boot camp just to figure out where the next where the next job is. So we want to expedite that process for them. We want to make that probably two or three months on their own time while they're working and just expedite that process for them. We all know continuing education and workforce development divisions, you know, the units that offer non-degree programming, need to play a central role in supporting institutional responsiveness and growth. 
But more often than not, leaders only focus on the outcomes that these divisions drive and rarely think about the infrastructure they need to drive those outcomes. The team at Destiny Solutions in collaboration with the Evolution developed a white paper to help explain the role IT systems can play in supporting growth. To download, visit evolutionwith3ls.com system and get the inside track on the importance of tailor-made tech. Again, that's evolutionwith3ls.com system. Yeah, go ahead, Danielle. Oh, no, I was going to ask a question. And then, of course, there is someone across the street blowing their grass. So I just muted myself. That is the world we live in these days. This happens. Uh, Glenn, you'll hear my uh, garage door opener. I, I think anybody who listens to the podcast has a look inside my house these days could probably map it out. <laughs> my stand up desk and my garage door going uh, kids and wife going in and out. Uh, but uh, you know, as we as we transition to the future, I think you know we make a good point about coding boot camps and and coding and programming being just really a key skill. Or it's the new cursive. They don't teach cursive in the schools anymore and how to write cursive. They teach basic coding because that's the the language of the future is going to be code. It's going to be technology. It's going to be artificial intelligence and virtual reality and all these things that are that are coming our way in the fourth industrial revolution. You know, to that end, and as you mentioned a lot of traditional universities went and they bought up coding boot camps um, uh, and really just were the, were the mergee or merger, not the mergee, bought up these coding boot camps to create additional student pipelines because otherwise those students would never be associated with those universities. And so as you collate this content, as you go, go out there and you grab this content on classes from different partners, and you put together what I, what I thought was interesting on your site was um, uh, packs, a coding packs, or, or I'm sorry, a skills packs where you want to get a skill in this. Here's three or four classes that if you put them together, give you the best pathway towards this skill. That concept of non-credit skill packing is really unique. And so talk about that a little bit and how that came to be amidst your iterations through your site. Again, thank you so much for that question. I, I, that we were just, it was, it was, it, I would say partly just brainstorming, partly, partly user, user research. A lot of the users were just saying, okay, one of the things that we're missing is how do we get three classes that make sense that, that, that can be a certificate? And we were saying, okay, that, that's true. Where did they find that from? And we started talking more and we did our user research. And the more we did our research, the more we said, okay, we have to create something that does that what what is it we call it and we started looking at masterclass i, I remember one night i was watching masterclass um, at home and i was watching one of one of those you know really good programs and i sitting there saying wait a minute what if we just create a, a really powerful set of classes for these people what would we really call it and we as as founders we sat on the three of us and we started saying what we what do you call it and our design person was there with us, and we used a research person, and eventually the name CoursePAC came up. And we just said, CoursePAC, okay, that is it. And that's where that name came from. And we just said, okay, here's our CoursePAC. And in our CoursePAC, we would just have industry leaders just come in and build courses for us, three, four, and said, here's how you do this. So if we can get someone from Google or, or Tesla or you know, somebody and just said, here's how you build um, get so just design four courses and somebody can sit down and watch four courses around how do you go from um, if I want to learn machine learning how do I go from the basic 
to the end and they just watch, take those four courses and all of a sudden they have a certificate in machine learning. Microsoft, somebody from Microsoft can come in and say, okay, I'll create four courses for you so somebody can have basically um, blockchain, which is something everybody wants to understand and, and have certification in. Basically, we can say, okay, fine. Here, somebody create four courses in blockchain. So that's where that name came from. So you, um, you just like think about, and I, ironically, several years ago, um, I remember I, I was trying to figure out how to learn something um, in credit learning and NYU had this thing and it's not, it's, it's in person, right? Where you can take four or five classes um, basically and get a certificate in it. And I started, you know, so that started come together and I said, what if we take that with this masterclass thing and put it together, what would it become? And that's the way we came up with this. Okay, it is a course that and the course pack came together after you know brainstorming and, and, and uh, among ourselves, and we just came up with a name. And then we said, okay, course pack. Who will do it? Would it be a professor? We started saying, would it be a professor or would it be industry expert? And the entire team just you know unanimously said, why don't we go for industry experts? And I say, yeah, sure. Professors are doing a great job in terms of teaching the rest of courses. What if we can get industry? And there's some really great industry experts out there that we can actually just say, okay, would you like to build four or five classes? And um, basically, we can talk about it, what that look like and revenue share around it and all those things. But um, ideally, we just said, what if they, we can have these people build build four classes? And, and part of it is, for, at least for me as, the, as an educator, I was saying, yeah, we should actually get some nobler. They might be love to create four classes. You know, we um, Paul Krugman built this fascinating course on, on masterclass around economics uh, and it's just fascinating to watch it because it is not the traditional way we learn economics but it's just it's so powerful um just just looking at it so i think that type of learning people actually especially people um, one of the things we hear people talk about when we're on twitter a lot is we don't we, you know when we're doing user research on twitter people are saying we don't we don't necessarily want to we want to go back and learn but we don't want to learn the traditional way school teaches we're like mm -hmm. oh well so that type of learning would be powerful to that sub subgroup, which that subgroups of people like yourself were like thinking about learning something is, but you don't want to do the traditional learning set. Um, primary, I, you know, I think me too. I get really bored sometimes with the traditional learning set. Now <laughs> we're just like, why? Um, so I think it's, it was important for us to do that, and that discovery led us to this course path, and we were basically able to do it, and then said, okay let's find industry expert. So that's our next thing, just find industry expert creating these courses. We have a lot of great partners on the course. Like I said, we have edX, our first partner. We are very fascinated working with them. Um, Skillshare, DataCamp, you know, we would happy to have um, Coursera. We're not sure if it's necessary, quite frankly, at this point, but we're happy to have those partners as well. But we really wanted to focus now on, on the course back to say, okay, let's find a way to design these courses, two, three courses where they can just onboard these things and just go learn something. Um, in finance, a lot of people want to learn about finance. They, they, they I, I have found that they're not necessarily want to learn what we do in school. They want to learn how to do certain things. Particularly, if we can get an industry expert person from Goldman Sachs or you know Robinhood or one of these places, um, basically, you know, we, we've got, we look at Robinhood. Robinhood is probably the most popular platform in the universe. I, I, I am sometimes asking myself, why are people trading so much in Robinhood? What, what is it they know about trading? Why don't they take a class in trading? If I can get somebody, an expert to come in and just articulate what is it like to trade from A to B and what they should do, people love it because they just want to solve the problem that they want to solve now, not necessarily to go back and take a four-year degree in finance. They just want to learn how to code or, or to learn how to trade. 
That's... Yeah, I'm looking at your. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. No, I was gonna say that's that's so right on. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm looking at at the website, and I really want to know, like, how did you pick the courses that are on here? Because I'm looking at like music and audio, and beginning projects, and social media, and the Java tutorial, and I'm looking at at these courses, and I'm like, wow, this is is really good content was there like a rhyme or a reason or like a way that you said you know what these are the programs we're going to put together and we're going to gear gear it towards you know this specific thing because as I look at what you offer I am just blown away by the courses and I just really want to know like how did you come up with okay these are the things that we're going to offer I, that's that's a very good question, and, and and I think one of the things I learned from the from the from participating in the whole entrepreneurial tech ecosystem, and 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 I must I must say, there are some of the smartest people uh, around in terms of building these companies. We know them, right? Um, they they're so I learned a lot from these people. User research, it always they always say talk to your users, learn from your users, allow your users to help you design. The platform our users help us design the platform we did our user research and what we found was a lot of people were saying while while the traditional education is good great for students or students exiting school two three years out everybody was saying i just want to learn something new so we said okay we have to make sure that we design something so our partner skillshare trials we said we want courses that's the courses they offer um, do-it-yourself courses around different things, really fun things, but sometimes people just want to learn something, right? Which is why Masterclass is such a powerful platform, right? Um, and ironically, it's the reason why Peloton is such a platform, right? You build this community around the engagement for each subgroup, for each user group. And that's what we did. We decided that we weren't just going to go for Coursera, Udemy, Udacity, and, and edX because they all are the same courses. We wanted to vary those courses. That's what Skillshare and, and, and DataCamp and Treehouse and, um, brought to us, give us this different experiences where people can say, oh, I just want to learn something around, you know, I see people who are investment bankers and said, I, no, I, I want to learn to be a farmer. I, I, you know, this one guy, investment banker, uh, made so much money, quit his job, he was like burnt out, and he, he just took the money and went to be a farmer. Um, it, so people just want different experiences. And, and, and for us, it was, okay, let's make sure that we can create this lifelong learning process. So we want to get them from school and, and, and have them stay with us all the way till they get to 50, 60 and just want to learn a language. You know? And I, 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 in this COVID-19, I'm actually learning a new language. Like as I said, you know what, I'm not going to, why don't I just learn something you know, to speak a different language or something, right? So people want to do that. So we had to, we decided to create that platform. And so we were particular about who the partners can do that. You know, we, we wanted to do that. So we, we love Skillshare for what they brought to the table and, and the differentiation they brought. I had the same, the same thing with Treehouse and, 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 and DataCamp. And, and, and by the way, it was my, I have to credit my co-founders for basically founding, um, finding Skillshare, um, Treehouse, and DataCamp. Because for me, I'm on the traditional side. So my head, it was more um, edX, Coursera. And in, in our discussion and our learning process, we, we said, OK, let's, users are asking us for this. So let's find a way to, to, to get this to them. And we're like, oh, wow, great. So we did. And we were happy that these partners said yes, and we were um, we basically onboarded them. 
Well, Glenn, is there anything you want to say to us in the new language that you're learning before we get to our final two questions? Um, so, I, so, 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 one, um, Danka. Danka. Yeah. What? Yeah, it, it's German for that. German. Yeah. yeah, I knew that one. <laughs> All so, right. <laughs> yeah. So. I was going to say, you didn't, but I don't think that's too easy. I, you know, <laughs> German sounds like it'd be a hard one to learn. You know, it's it's funny. A lot, a lot of the, a lot of the 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 the, the iteration of the language and and, and the, uh, it, it's it's actually very Germanic language is very English, you know, in, in, in some sense, right? The the only challenge is that the the way they conjugate the verbs and stuff like that is very longer than English. So you have to kind of think through the process, right? Um, right. But a lot, if you see the word, are, are the words, you will actually say, oh. I know what that was because they look they, they they look so much like the English, except for when they have the long version of it, and you're like, oh, what is that? <laughs> That's That's funny. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I want to just step back. One of the things that you said that I thought that resonated with me really, uh, really deep was the the point you made about trading. And I go, you know, somebody asks me a question, and in fact, somebody put it on LinkedIn today. If if there was one thing in school that you could that you would have liked to learn, but didn't learn. For me, my answer is always like the stock market and trading. It, you know, I think some people have a natural um, a, a propensity for knowing and reading stocks and knowing how to trade and all, all of this stuff. And then there are those of us like me that just wished you could be good at something like that. If I could take a course, and there's probably one out there I could take, I just haven't looked that deep into it, but it's point in time learning. I need it now. I want it now. So I need a course that gives it to me, whatever it is now in a time sensitive and cost sensitive way. Right. And so the, the, the concept of point in time learning is in line with the way we consume the rest of our information. You want to watch a show? Netflix offers it to you. You need to watch it right now. I don't want to wait till next week's episode. That's seven days away. I want to watch it right now. I want to watch the one that comes behind it right now because I'm hooked. And so the whole concept of having a point in time when you can get what you need when you want it is really the, the foundation of what you're talking about. Absolutely. 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 Yes. I'm, I'm happy you mentioned it that way. That's our goal. That's our goal. Um, and, and, and because, as you said, our society is like that right now. We want it and we want it now. All right. Well, let's go to our let's go to our final two questions, Danielle. Do you know the final two questions? No. What are the final two questions? Oh, well, that you know what? I'm putting you on the spot. Here's the final two questions. Did you number one? Did you enjoy Danielle as a fill-in host for Elizabeth Live? And no, that's not really one of the questions. Don't answer that. Um, we, we I did very much enjoy you uh, today, Danielle. Uh, the final two questions are, Glenn. Number one, what did we miss? Anything that you want to say about workschool.co that we didn't cover? And number two, from your point of view, what does the future of higher education look like? Wow. The last question is a very powerful question. Um, so let me try to answer the last question first. Uh, 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 the two. Uh, uh, higher education is by far the most powerful thing for our development. We all know that without, we need higher education. The biggest challenge higher education is, is, is looking at right now is COVID-19. <laughs> COVID-19 has basically um, turned the up, higher education upside down, 
they're, they're not sure, most people are not sure what to do. Digital transformation in this world is real. It's going to stay. I, I think that higher education and fundamentally, I would probably say the lower tier school, sadly, has to figure out how to solve this problem around technology. When students say they don't want to come to school, what they're basically saying is that um, they want you to give them a better experience. They're happy. I saw this thing that the students were saying, we want online classes. They want online classes. They want online school, but they want in-person experience. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's this contradictory stuff for the students that they do want to take online classes, but they would still like to come to class and engage with the, with the professors. They still like to come to class and engage with their peers. Um, so we schools are going to have to figure that out, how to solve that problem with education. We weren't prepared for a COVID-19 world. When I say we, I'm talking about higher education. We, the, the education did nothing to onboard technology for, but why? Because they were making a lot of money, right? And you can charge somebody $300,000 for education just to say you can get on the campus. Of course, why would I not do it? So they were not prepared for a world where they had to go online digitally. They're not. Most schools don't want to even admit that it's a problem right now. They just want to go back or they're so afraid of losing their users, not realizing that the students are not saying that they don't want the online learning or the online education. They're just saying, oh, we love that, but we still want to come to school. How do you provide that for them is going to be the very, very important thing for a lot of educators. And I think educators, teachers, professors, faculty members, we're going to have to become product managers. We're going to have to learn to create a platform for students, create our own product, our own curriculum. What that looks like, we're going to, have to start figuring that out. We're going to have to step outside of this, 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 this bubble that higher education have created and start saying, okay, let's start creating product. I, I see something at BMCC where they're basically, um, I thought it was very unique innovative where they're, they're, they're testing. They're testing. That to me was the most fundamental thing. We have to test. We have to learn. We have to iterate. We have to pit. Higher education would have to become a startup. The whole thing, they would have to behave like startup. That was very pivotal. They, they were testing an eight-week classes here at work and they will learn from their users. We are going to have to onboard technology at a rapid pace. Most of the technology platforms that are out there, in, in, and I start to say I love Zoom, but including Zoom, not built for higher education. It cannot engage the students. The stu teachers cannot use it to engage the students. It doesn't work for this massive amount of um, engagement that you need for students. So we'll have to rapidly solve these problems. So that is the challenge for higher education. In the next, um, from, from now and afterwards, we're going digital. It doesn't matter what they do, it's not going back. Lots of students love this idea of saying, you know what, I can actually learn from home. They want that. But what they're saying is, I still want to come to the campus and interact with my friends and drink coffee and play. We have to figure out how, how, how that works. And that is going to be the challenge for higher education is, is we can't go back and say, oh my God, let's bring our students back to school. Everybody wants to bring their students back to school. No, 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 no. We have to figure out how do we create this hybrid learning? And how do we do extremely well using technology? A lot of schools are not they're not, they're not thinking about it. Sadly, I would probably admit that most of the top tier schools are probably doing it and that's gonna even widen the divide. Very sad. Yes.
Um, so that's my point. Uh, what we miss about work school, we, we're intentional about diversity. We strongly believe in, and we strongly believe that we want to have a, a very diverse um, investor group, uh, advisor group, uh, and, and, and basically employees. We, we want that. We are, we are, we are, I, I've seen too many companies that are just not um, thinking about a diverse platform. You know, one of the reasons that I, I was very, very um, excited about coming on your show is you're, you have a very diverse um, group of people interviewing me all the time. And, and I was very, I, saw them, I was like, wow, that's fascinating. And I said, you know, I have to get on your show. And I kept emailing you guys. And finally, you said to me, like, this was October. And you said to me, Glenn, we have a space on January. <laughs> I said, okay, sign me in. And I said, All right, yeah, sign me in. Because we have to be intentional about um, um, basically having, uh, having, having, having diversity in our, in our platform. It, it, it just saddens me to hear so many tech companies. And I, 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 you know, I, I, I've been a part of the blockchain thing for a while. And I was reading this. Thing about um, coin, Coinbase and you know how many people are suing them for this lack of diversity. And I said, why, why, why are we still here? Why is it we can't be intentional about um, hiring people that that are that are smart, qualified, but we just need to look in the right place to find people. You know, I hear people saying, well, we don't have the mi minorities. Don't we? Don't we can't find qualified minority people? I said, this. Oh my God. Um, seriously, like, uh, just you know, gotta look, on. just gotta yeah, open just, your eyes. That's it. It's just come on, you know. Um, so, we so so that's for us. We are very intentional about our offering. We want our offering to go to, to, to minorities, not exclusively, but the particularly our platform. We want to make sure that we have a lot of minorities using our platform. Um, basically, we want to make sure that our, em our employees are basically um, very diverse. We want to make sure our investor group are very diverse. And I'm very intentional about that, like calling people who are, who are, who are minority investors and said, I, I would like you to invest in my company. Like if you, I would like it. I really want to make sure I, I, I don't want to look at my cap table. And it's just, uh, I'm sad to say, it's just all white males. I, I refuse to, if not, I'll just like, you know what, don't even bother. You know, it just don't make any sense. We we have to be intentional about how we want to make sure that they're females on, 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 on our platform. So we are working very intentional to make sure that our platform from the beginning, look at empathy, look at a very diverse platform, making sure that we do that. So that's what we, that people, most people don't know um, that we are working on very deliberately. And if you look at our team right now, you see we're doing it. And we have people coming from Columbia University. We have people coming from City College. <laughs> we are, intentional about every part of it whether it's age whether it's race whether it's educational status whether it's social status economic status we want to be intentional about creating an inclusive platform uh based from from the beginning what do you think about that danielle i know that that resonates I, with you yeah it really does when you start to talk about inclusion and you start to talk about including those people who otherwise would get looked over and would get that really touches a, a special part in me. And I'm so glad that your company is doing that because it, it is absolutely needed. It's needed for students, for students to see. They need to see um, diversity and they need to see a reflection of themselves when they are taking courses. They need to feel like, okay, this person really cares about me because I can see it reflected in the staff here. So that really, it definitely speaks to a part of me that is like my heart song. 
Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's been uh, this has been incredible, Glenn and and Danielle. Thank you so much for filling in for Liz. Where where can our listeners find you, Danielle? You have your own show, don't you? Yes, I do. I have tips and tricks for online instructors. You can go to Anchor um, or you can go to YouTube. I have a live version on YouTube, tips and tricks for online instructors. And you can type in Danielle Shelton and all of the shows will pull up right there. And even Liz did a show for me. So um, yeah, tell stop on by, stop by tips and tricks. We're there. We're live on Anchor and we are also on YouTube. So Liz has done a show for you? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've yet to do a show, but we'll leave that for another episode. Glenn, thank you so much for coming on the Edif Experience. It really has been a great pleasure and an honor what you're doing. Uh, so needed. And we wish you the best of luck. We hope that, uh, that uh, you find the investors and the students to, to explode your organization. And, uh, yes. and thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I know, and like I said, you know, most people probably would not believe it, but um, I know it, it was a while, but it was work waiting. And I'm so happy for you guys to have me on your show. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. We hope you enjoyed that episode of the Edip Experience. To learn more about the Edip Experience, please visit our website at www edupexperience.com and subscribe to our email list. Please share this podcast, head over to Apple, and please give us a rating and review. We appreciate your feedback. And of course, subscribe to the Edup Experience so you're notified when our episodes drop. Here at the Edup Experience, our goal is to make education your business. Thanks for listening.